your gods. This is what the Bible uses this language. Because authority and power and dominion and rulership is God-like characteristic. And God gave Adam and Eve and said, this is your home. This is your planet. You are made from this planet. You are made from the very dust of the earth of this planet. Therefore, you are indigenous of this planet. You come from this planet, and therefore, you have a right to be here. But there are other beings, also created beings, who God has given free will and free choice to, and they chose not to serve God. And they come here, and they are not of this planet. They are alien entities. Don't get all deep. I'm not getting ready to go into ancient aliens and conspiracy. But the fact of the matter is any sentient living being that's not of this planet that is here is not here legally. They don't have a right to be here. They don't have a right to rule over anybody here. There's spiritual laws in place that they just can't do what they want to. But since man is the authority, but man lost his spiritual light being separated from God and forbidden to eat of the tree of life. He no longer knows how to wield his birthright. Because it is spiritual law that is above natural law. And when you don't understand spiritual law, then you can't cause spiritual law to control the natural. What happens in the spirit dictates what happens in the natural. And Adam gave up that he didn't know he was. He gave up the birthright to have a conscience of free will. The knowledge, the aid of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. His eyes came open and he saw what he looked like apart from the glory of God. And it was frightening. The Bible says he ran and hid when he heard the voice of God. And the next thing he did to cover him and the nakedness of he and his wife is he took out leaves. There had to be some big leaves. They sold, the Bible says they sold them together. Let me tell you something. Men were never ignorant apes. They didn't know how to do anything. They were in the image of God. They had genius. They took it and they sold it together and they came out with fig leaves all over them everywhere. And then God, you know, God's something else. He already knows the whole story, but he comes in acting like he don't know. You know, the Lord acts like a lawyer. He comes in and starts asking you questions and then you answer the questions. And then you incriminate yourself when you answer the question. Where are you? You know God knew where he was at. Why are you got clothes on? He knew why they had on clothes. What is this you have done? He knew exactly the moment they broke from him, he felt the disconnection. God feels the disconnection whenever you disconnect from him too. And they put on these leaves to cover their nakedness and their shame. Because the glory that God had put upon Adam and Eve was a radiant glory. So radiant that they could not see their nakedness. The glory upon them acted as a shroud upon them. It was their garment was the glory of God upon them. But when the connection left, the power went out that suit. And they could see themselves frail. I can imagine, can you imagine having a body that you can't get injured? You can't break a bone if you fall down because God, there's a suit around you, a a force field around you. Can't break a bone. Lions can't bite through it. 
And they lost this aura that they carried. It evaporated and they were naked. They were ashamed and they ran. And they tried to cover it with something. And this is representative of how men use religion. This was the first religion that was ever created on earth was the first church of the fig leaf. That was the religion. Because religion is a man-made way to solve an eternal problem. Religion is a man-made way to cover a problem that only God can fix. It's when you try to fix it when you can't fix it. That is what Adam and Eve did, dressing themselves, covering their limitations, covering their issues. I can't get no help in here. Covering the mess that they were in. And that's how we are. We're always trying to cover up. That's why you can't hardly pay attention to people when you meet them because you don't even know if you're meeting them or if you're meeting their representative. Sometimes you're meeting a salesman. Sometimes you're meeting a con man. I can't get no witness in here. That's why some folks get married and can't stay married because you married the representative. You didn't marry the actual person. But after a while, two or three months into it, come on, the representative fades off. And you get to see the real person underneath. And then they tell you, well, I got to be real. They think telling you, I got to keep it real is some type of excuse or explanation. I'm just supposed to accept that. I'd rather, I'd rather you be fake then. I like to fake you. And since, since you're nothing but an actor, why don't you act that way instead of acting this way? It's a choice to be a certain way. You choose to have an attitude. You choose to be lazy. You choose to be nasty. You choose to be short. You choose to be despicable. That's just the way I am. Then change. Because that's the power that God has given men to change the way they are. I can't get no witnesses. That's okay. I'm just getting started. They covered it up with figs and tried to come out and God said, no, no, that ain't going to do. He went out. And I could have took you there to read it, but you know, I know y'all can't take all this Bible reading. Y'all used to watching TV. If you can't do it in 30 seconds, it ain't going to happen. Now you got to have dancers and lights and music behind everything to make them sell something now. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, you are a smarter group. He said, that's not going to do. For what you have done is that you have sacrificed life to gain something false. And the only thing we can write that is something has to be sacrificed and give its life to cover that nakedness. So the Bible says God went out and killed animals. Oh, Peter wouldn't like God. Peter, you know who Peter is, don't you? Peter's the people that don't like animals, don't like you killing animals. They, don't, they want you to not eat animals. You know, God ain't with Peter, you know that? Because he instituted a religion called Judaism that killed millions of innocent animals every year to cover the nakedness. Atonement Day was an ugly day in Israel. Blood everywhere. Innocent animals. And he took it and he covered them with skin to replace the shroud of glory that they once walked in. And they realized although their eyes had came open and they saw between good and evil, the problem was now is they were able to discern how much they were unlike God. So the devil didn't really lie. He told them their eyes were going to come open and you're going to be like me. <laughs> they thought they must have thought he had it pretty good. He fooled them in the sense that he took a truth, but he used it invertedly. And deceive them. You know, people deceive you with truth. Did you know that? Somebody said the perfect lie, the perfect lie is 90% truth and 10% lie. All you need is 10% to kill you. Like rat poison. Whole lot of mostly cheese with just that little bit of strychnine. 
That's all I need to do is get a little bit in. You have to understand how the devil works. He only needs you to get a little bit. You think the devil want to pull you out of the casino to a rampant, riotous weekend of whores and drugs and sex and, and alcoholism and then the devil just going to pull you? You think that's what the devil did? The devil just, no, no. The devil don't come hard like that. He just wants you to compromise a little. And then he comes back and says, oh, now a little bit more. And before the devil is done with you, he'll have you compromise. You'll be all the way out. But you didn't get there right away. He does it incrementally. Just a little compromise. This is what he does in today's society. He gets Americans to compromise just a little and compromise a little bit. And then compromising after 40 years, we no longer have standards and traditions that held our country together. We have a problem. We have a great problem. If you don't believe that manners and etiquette and morals and values have declined from when you were a child and when your parents were a child, then you are definitely blind and cannot see. I ain't got no witnesses on that one. The fig leaf covering the nakedness. A man-made way to try to please God. When the way you please God is just do what he say. Don't eat the tree. That tree was a type of tithe. God had given them everything and said, don't eat that one. That was a tribute. Don't do it. We don't know if it was an apple tree. I know Apple computer got a bitten apple for their symbol. Wonder why. We don't know if it was an apple. We don't know what can. The Bible never told us that. That's wives' tales. But we just know it was a beautiful fruit. That it was such a beautiful tree and a beautiful fruit that it was irresistible. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All three of them in one thing. And then the Bible says when Jesus came, he was tempted in all points. Like a, That don't mean Jesus was riding past the brothel, was tempted to go into the brothel. That don't mean Jesus was at the, at, at, with, the, with the sinners and they started smoking hookah and he started doing it too to fit in. Well, that's not what that means. That means that he was tempted in the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He was brought up on a high mountain and the devil tempted him in all three areas and he passed it. So he was tempted in all points because your temptation may not be my temptation, but it comes through the same access, either eye or flesh or pride. Amen. That's why the devil got more than one way. To it in. Listen, First Kings fourteen twenty two. During Rehoboam's reign, King Rehoboam, one of the sons and descendants. Is this good so far? I've already preached already. Really, it's really pretty. <laughs> this is pretty enough. Enough for you to dwell on already. But listen, the people of Judah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, provoking His anger with their sin. For it was even worse than their ancestors. You see the decline. Worse than those before them. For they also built for themselves pagan shrines and set up sacred pillars and Asherah poles on every high hill and every, under every green tree. <laughs> Listen. There were even male and female shrine prostitutes. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It makes it a lot clearer. Throughout the land. Whoredom. The people imitated the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. And in the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign, King Shishak of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem. Listen carefully. He ransacked the treasures of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything including all the gold shields that Solomon had made and placed in the house of God. 
King Rehoboam later replaced them with bronze shields as substitutes. And he entrusted them to the care of the commanders of the guard who protected the entrance of the royal palace. I want to talk to you about restore the gold. What we see systematically throughout generations in this nation and even in our church has been a decline. As we have seen so many things that have been standards and and so many things that are staples to us as Christians. They are declining in America. Morality is declining. and, And with it, the church is the salt of the earth. The church is supposed to be the keeping power, the voice, the conscience. If the church is ever silenced in America, that there will be no voice saying this is wrong and that's wrong. That's not right. God is not pleased. If the church loses its ability to tell and call out unrighteousness and call out what sin, then no one can be convicted of sin. You see, some people are doing wrong and don't really think it's wrong until somebody says God said that's wrong. Now, you may say, I don't believe in God or I don't believe in the Bible, but see, you are created in God's image and likeness. And because the word of God is spoken in your heart, it brings conviction. You see, the Bible says, how should he hear without a preacher? How should he preach except he's be sent? So in other words, you can't get saved until God sends somebody to tell you the truth. Well, I don't believe in going to church. I just believe in reading. I don't believe in hearing no man. I just believe in reading the Bible. Guess what, dummy? The Bible is written by men. If you read in the Bible, a man is still telling you something. You can't get around the fact that God is going to use somebody to tell the truth. Somebody, I got news for you. God has anointed somebody to help you. I don't care what state you're at. God has somebody who's anointed to be a blessing to you. Anointed to help you figure it out. Anointed so you ain't got to do it by yourself. As a matter of fact, anything that you think that God told you to do and you're trying to do it by yourself, God didn't give that to you because God never gives you anything that you can do by yourself because God wants us to be workers one together. God wants a body to be unified. If your vision is so small that it only takes you then that ain't from God. God is going to make us rely on each other. Look at somebody and say, you didn't get here by yourself. You even needed help to get into the world. Your mom and daddy picked you up out the pits of the ether. I can't get no help and brought you into this world. You couldn't even be here without somebody else's help. God designed it that way. Are you listening? And so we find America. And you know the problem with American church folk is they think America is like Israel. They think the Western church is the standard of the gospel. When the church is global and worldwide, 700 million. Now I'm Pentecostal. I don't know about the Baptists and I don't know about the Catholics. But there's 700 million Pentecostals in the world. One-tenth of the world's population is Pentecostal. One-tenth of the world's population prays in the spirit. If we could just all get them in one accord to pray in the spirit at one time. I can't get no witnesses. What would happen? They say there's over eight, there's 330 million people in America. There's something like 30 million people in Canada. That's why you can't compare America to Canada. They only got 30 million people over. We got 330 million in this country. And in South America, all together they say it's 80 million. Estimate Barnard did a great survey for years ago. 80 million Holy Ghost filled believers in this continent. But they're not 
broken up into camps under leaders and pastors under so-called leadership and if the leaders don't lead right then the people can't follow right but the problem with the people is the bible says like people like priests it don't say like priests like in other words you're not going to become what you follow in the sense it's more so you follow what you want to be like and people pick leaders that mirror what they desire that's why everybody wants to come to church and hear something they can agree with and when somebody starts preaching something you don't agree with, you're ready to lead a church, whether, you, whether it's the Bible or not. We've created successful churches or, or, or a group gatherings where we don't have living people full of the Holy Ghost. We have audiences. They know how to sit and clap on command like trained seals. No movement of the Holy Ghost. Just, just everything is programmed and ready and program you in and program you out and, and program the service and the next service has got to start. No room for God to bring the glory into the room. You see, there's some distinct differences between gold and brass. This turkey, he forgot who made him great. As they were backsliding, you see, when Israel backslides, they open the door for the enemy. As long as Israel walked with God, no one world leader could rise. No empire could rise. Little Israel walking with God would defeat them by sending Judah first. Because nobody could conquer them because the Lord, our God, was on their side. And the battle was not theirs, but it was the Lord's. And all they had to do was worship and praise him. And he would be magnified and he would defeat the enemy on their behalf. But when the praises wasn't going up, the blessings stopped coming down. When they got into prostitution and whoremongering. Are you, this, means, this verse means homosexuality. That means when you're a prostitute, you don't just sleep with women, you sleep with everything. A spirit of whoredom has taken over. What is a spirit of whoredom? Basically, it's selling virtue is what it is. It's the selling of virtue. It's the trafficking of virtue. That's what it ultimately is. And when a nation comes to the place where it will sell off its virtue. I remember some of the clothes that women wear now, they wouldn't be caught dead wearing them 40 years ago. You got some clothes on so tight they can see everything but your imagination when you're walking down the street. And you think it's okay. And the more we lower the bar and lower the standards, and then we wondering why men treat you like you a whore because you dress like one. I can't get no help in here. If you ain't selling nothing, take the signs down. And then you get mad when somebody starts whistling at you. Don't get mad when somebody whistling at you. Can't get no help in here. And oh, let's not talk about these men. Oh my God. You see, because men won't be leaders and men won't set the example in the household. And because they have lowered the bar, women follow and lower the bar because they want a man. So now they have to acquiesce to get a man, to attract a man. And oftentimes they sacrifice their virtue. Because you so pitiful, you gotta have a man to help you to keep some piece of a man. Yeah, child, they was looking at me everywhere. They never want me. They don't want. They don't want you. They want to sleep with you. They don't want to marry you. They want to come and put their hands over you and ruin you and have a good time and walk off and leave you is what they want to do. They don't want to marry you. A man looking for a wife ain't up in the club looking for no wife. He's looking for somebody he can get drunk enough to say yes. Men don't go to clubs because they want to dance and hang out with their boyfriends and their buddies. They go to clubs so they can watch you get drunk and to get easy. Men want to drink, they'll go home and drink and watch the game. I can't get no help in here. But 
it's the lowering of the bar. And what happened to it? Because the church has lost its influence in America. And there are forces at work even in our government and from our cat all the way down. Every facet. There are politicians at work trying to silence the church. That's why they want to label the church as a hate religion. That's why they're doing everything to say the stop. They don't want you to have Christian schools. Don't sit here and say I'm lying. I'm telling you the truth. I've watched a lawyer. I've sat down in Washington, D.C. and I've talked to lawmakers and I've talked to lawyers who are fighting cases where people are trying to take the church's right to have churches. They don't want you to teach your kids what holiness is. They want you to teach your kids there's 39 genders. They want you to teach your children that there's no such thing as gender. They want you to teach homosexuality. And, oh, I can't get no help. They want you to teach sodomy and fellatio. Yes, I said it. They want you to teach that to preschoolers. Why? Because the devil knows if he gets a hold of the children, then the future belongs to him. And the Bible says that when they backslid and lowered the bar and began to give in to a spirit of whoredom, that's what's wrong with that's what's wrong with sports franchises. That's what's wrong with selling out for money. Don't get on here telling me how much, how woke you are when you are taking billions of dollars from China and China's persecuting Christians and China doesn't believe in anything that gives you the ability to make the kind of money you make, you hypocrite. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. Because people are sold to the highest bidder. They're sold for comfort and for money and for pleasure. It's the spirit of whoredom when you're for sale. And it depends on how desperate you are. It depends on how much lower you go. Some of y'all so desperate you'll take anybody. As long as you got a pulse and a pair of pants. Remember the old folks would say, this is the one I'm picking. Mama, this is the one I picked. And I remember mother would say, he ain't nothing but breath and britches. He ain't nothing but breathing oxygen to life. He ain't going to add nothing to your life. And they say the same thing when men would bring home somebody that was disrespectful the same way. And ain't nothing but a broad lungs. As long as he got a pulse. I can't get no, I know I'm preaching. All right, let me move it and move it along. And so when they gave into the spirit of selling and trafficking and lowering the bar of morality and standards nationally, let me tell you something about this. America's going to be destroyed. Everybody's having dreams about destruction of America. Everybody, everybody, there's a lot of folks that just they're unhappy. They want America to be in. <laughs> they want everything to be destroyed because they're just not happy. But let me tell you something. God went down to Abraham. And Sodom and Gomorrah's evil was so great that it rose up to heaven. God said, it stinks before me. I'm coming down to see what's going on. I'm coming down to destroy it. But let me talk to Abraham. He talks to Abraham. And Abraham starts going back with God, bidding for the survival of this nation, even though it didn't deserve to survive. He went down from 50 to 40 people. Is it 50 people righteous? God said, I'll spare it. If it's 40 people righteous, God said, I'll spare it. They went all the way down to 10. By the time they got to the 10, Abraham said, well, if there's only 10 folks in that entire city, why don't you, will you destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? God said, no. The ratio of conscious, godly people in a nation dictates its timetable for destruction. God will spare a nation only so long, but when there's a majority of people that grow that don't honor God, you can say what you will. We in America, we got to let people, I don't, know, I don't care what you say about it. God, the truth is truth and God is God. And what he says is right. It doesn't matter what America says. What, what does God say? 
And do you believe what God says? When the nation begins to get so foul that the cancer has, what do they do when cancer spreads so far on the leg? Gangrene, they cut it off. That's what happens when Paul said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Paul said, look, you got a man in your church that's having a relationship with his stepmom. I don't know where the daddy was. He was out in the doghouse, I guess. I don't know. His own stepmother. And they were sitting up at church. And Paul said, I'm not even there, but I've seen it in the spirit. I've already judged it. He said, put them out of the church. Because if you put them and allow them to stay in the church, he said, they're going to affect the conscience of other people. Because when people see other people doing wrong, but yet being accepted by God, it, it, it lowers the bar. And they start thinking, well, I'm not that bad, so I could probably at least do this. And the spirit of compromise comes in the church where we lower the standard and things that are unacceptable become acceptable. And then when that happens, it's called a mixture and your conscience is compromised because you're on the pathway to being a reprobate. A reprobate is a person that has lost the ability to tell right from wrong. What is this world like? They call it wrong, right, and right, wrong. Everywhere you look, it's an assault on identity. I was at a restaurant this past weekend. One of the ones is open and they had a bathroom door. It said male, female, then it had a he, she. And then it had a fourth category with an alien saying, oh, whatever. Bathroom. Because they want to destroy the labeling of everything. They don't want to be called men. So when you get rid of what, what a man is and what a woman is, you get rid of what marriage is. When you get rid of what marriage is, you destroy what family is. When you destroy what family is, you have a nation of people who are no longer in the institution of family, which is the first institution God started. And family is the backbone of any community. No community can survive that there's no fathers raising kids. No, I don't care how much you march. You can scream Black Lives Matter. You can say what you want to. Until men take the leadership role and raise their sons, they're going to continue to go to jail. They're going to continue to get killed. It's going to happen. It is a statistical proof proven that if fathers in the house, sons go to high school. Sons don't go to jail. Sons get educated. It's a fact. And it doesn't matter how many other people are doing it. What are you doing? And when you leave that son, you leave him unprotected. The father is the protector like Adam was the protector of the God. The daddy is something when the daddy's voice booms through the house. Mama said, now put it down. But when daddy said, sit down, if something happens when daddy would start talking. It's that bass. It's that masculine voice. But that, you see America wants to get rid of masculinity. They call it toxic masculinity. You see the spirit of the enemy that wants to destroy what manhood in this country is now you got a man that says he can be a woman what is wrong with that got a woman want to be called a man you're not a man you don't have it you can cut it up you can dig it up you can do what you want to but you can't change what god made you i'm sorry pastor why are you always saying this because it's this mentality that is going through everything that's destroying this country it's the spirit of mediocrity i can't help me in here see that's what comes with you want to have participation trophies you ain't no longer got to strive to be excellent you just got to show up we want to thank you for showing up you better do better than show up you better crack that book open and learn your lesson you better pass in school and make something of yourself ninth place who ever heard of having a ninth place you came in ninth you a loser 
You're supposed to feel what it feels like to lose, so you'll strive to win next time. But when you perpetuate that spirit throughout the culture, you create a nation of weaklings. You create a man when tough, when the tough get going, they get going. They leave out and walk out on their children and walk out on family as soon as anything gets tough. You create a nation of weak-minded people that are being primed and groomed to give in to the Antichrist. They don't know how to resist. They know how to lay down. I feel the whole I feel the Holy Ghost. That's what's happening in this nation right now as ideas are shifting and changing. Something happens when we lower the bar. Something happens when we do what Rehoboam did. Replace the gold with something that looked like gold but ain't. It's a placebo effect. I got to get through this. He took the gold, let the gold get stole by the enemy. And then he put in brass because he was what he was saying is, I'm not about to spend no money on no church, on no temple. I got money for whores and hookers, but I ain't got no money for church. I got money for shrines and pagan gods, but I ain't got no money. Just, just go get some brass. Brass looks like gold. Hey, these folk won't know the difference. And if you don't know any better, brass does look like gold. But there's some distinct differences between brass and gold. Gold is soft metal. Gold is pliable. But brass is a mixture made of copper and zinc. Gold brass is harder. But but gold is softer. It can take an impression easier. Gold's density is thicker than brass. It means it's more weightier. You see, when, because you see, when you have a bunch of brass Christians and brass worship, you have hard worship, rebelliousness, doesn't want to be pliable, doesn't want to be shaped. It resists being shaped. Look at somebody say, that's brass. Gold is weightier because it's more serious. Brass doesn't have the density of gold. Brass lets anything go. Brass is easily replaceable, so it's expendable and disposable, but not gold. No, gold is weighty. You see the attitude that happens when, see, this is what happened when the gold in the church is replaced with brass. And the reason why America is going the way it is is because the church is not doing what it's supposed to do. There was a time we were, but not now. Now we're mega now. Now we're fat and increased with goods. Now we got televisions and multi-million dollar ministry and platforms. We got churches so big that they have to constantly raise money to sustain themselves because they're so top heavy. And so therefore it's no longer about telling people the truth. It's about getting people to warm seats. It's so, we don't want to offend nobody. Let me tell you something. If you come to church and you ain't offended by the word of God, you ain't in the right church. God is not here to conform to you. You're here to conform to him. Gold has a higher carrot count. That means how much purer it is. Copper and zinc put together make iron, make, make brass. But gold, in order to get it pure, you got to heat it up. And the hotter you make gold, the more pure it becomes. 
That's why it looks like the real saints are having harder times than anybody else. Because God allows the heating process to lift up. And see, when the fire's on gold, all the impurities rise to the top. It rises to the top so that the former and the shaper can easily dip it out. See, there's some stuff that you went into the trial with. But when the trial was over, that stuff left you. You was more humble. You were more broken. You were more wiser. You were more sensitive to the Holy Ghost. You were more willing to obey God. Are you listening? Brass tarnishes, but gold don't tarnish. You know why it tarnishes? Because brass oxidizes. That means it reacts to its environment, but gold don't react to its environments. Oh, that's why you know you got brass folk pretending to be Christians. Because every time the world do something, they follow the world. They follow their flesh. They are subject to breaking down because the environment has effect upon them, but not gold. Oh, all gold needs is a little polish. It'll come right back and shine like new money. You see, when true worship is in the house of God, when true Christianity takes the light, it may go through the same environment, but it does not take on the environment. It is in the world, but not of the world. It is of another place. I can't get no help in here. When you really got gold, you don't conform to the world. Gold resists tarnish. It's tarnish resistant. Save, Holy Ghost, save folk. Resist the tarnishing of the world. They resist what the world is offering them. Brass reacts to acid, but gold won't. You pour acid on brass and it begins to act. That's how you can tell when you got brass and gold. You put the right kind of acid on it. But gold, acid rolls off of it. Hallelujah. See, when you got people spewing venom at you and hatred and lies at you, when you're brass, it harms you. It, it bends you out of shape. It messes you up. But when you gold, honey, all you need is somebody just to wipe it off or just tilt it a little bit. It'll roll off. I'll tell you something. We got to replace all this brass and bring back the gold into the house of God. All metals can conduct power. Yeah, electricity. I'm talking about, you see, they have metal conductors. You got copper wires that are one of the excellent ways to produce or conduct electricity. Another conductivity is how much power and wattage can be sent through the metal. That's why your houses are full of wire, full of copper wire, full. Silver is the best conductor of electricity. Right underneath that is gold. Gold, because it's so pure, in the way it's combined, electric can conduct power. Oh, but brass, because it's copper but mixed with zinc. It's not even on the table for conductivity. It, the power is disrupted. The power comes through poorly. You see, that is what's wrong with the church. That's what's wrong with the man. Where the miracles going? Why God ain't moving the way he used to move? And why God don't do what he used to do? Uh, maybe it's not because God has changed or the word has changed. Maybe the conductor has changed. Maybe there's so much mixture in the metal that it can no longer conduct power. But when you got gold, why? in the house. It can conduct power and conduct electricity. Can I get some help in here? This is why many churches don't have any power, no signs and wonder because they have poor, they got rid of prayer service and they ain't gotten even, they don't even have brass. They ain't got nothing to substitute it. Just got rid of it. They got rid of Sunday school. That's why your kids don't know nothing about God. I was in Sunday school. You, let me tell you something. I was in there from five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. I know who Hezekiah was. I knew who Jehoshaphat was. I knew what the Ark of the Covenant was. I knew all the Old Testament heroes of David.
Moses. I didn't have to watch Hollywood to know the story of Moses. I was taught every Sunday morning, and that's why I grow up when the preacher starts making references. I know what he's talking about. But this generation, this non-educated generation, don't know nothing about the Bible. They know about how getting your stuff and how to have your best life and how God wants you to live life like it's golden. They know all this nonsense that has nothing to do with taking up your cross and following God. I hope you listen to this message. Water down emotional preaching. Pleasing people because we want you to want to pander to you because we want you to keep coming. Because it looks better when the church is full of people. But they forgot that the Lord says, I don't save by many. I only need a few to win a battle. I only need one person that will give me permission to work through him. Because God says, I'm still operating legally even if the devil is illegal. I still got to find somebody to work through. And God said, if I can just find two or three that will gather together in my name there I am in the midst that's why the Bible says when they were all in one accord the building began to shake because the more conductivity the more gold was in the house the more pure worship unmixed with the world began to conduct the kind of power that the, what was happening on the inside began to get mirrored and reflected on the outside the shaking and the quickening on the inside of them began to move on the outside that's what in other words the eternity that was in them got unlocked and begin to impose eternity upon the world around them and the glory of God begin to move and the Bible said mighty signs and wonders and miracles begin to flow because they had the gold in the house of the Lord. God is saying to the American church it's time for you to get rid of all this mixture. Turn them lights up in church. Stop trying to make it like a nightclub. Get off that worldly stuff. Why don't you act like you're in the house of God? singing all these love songs trying to sit that's where you find out all these songs that people are writing looks up in a few months and they're on TV and they're atheists you've been singing songs written by people that don't even believe in God sound like you trying to think like God is your boyfriend or he's your lost lover let me tell you who he is he's mighty and majestic he's high and lifted up when John saw him on the Isle of Patmos he fell like a dead man if Jesus ever appears to you your knees will buckle. Your hands will go down. Your head will bow. You will fall prostrate before the Lord because he's the greatest power in all of existence. Can I get a witness? Is there anybody in here that knows that there is a power? Shout glory somebody. messages messages to appease the crowd we don't want to offend anybody Jesus offended people all the time call them snakes, hypocrites, liars fools, devils wolves that ain't nice talk but that's Jesus soothing messages when messages on repentance are needed the American church has forgotten what true repentance is. We think repentance means being sorry. That's not repentance. That's you being sorry. That's conviction. Repentance is when you stop doing it. 
and you turn around and turn I hate it so much that I ain't doing it no more. Repentance means to turn around and have a radical shift in your thinking. But we preach these soothing messages and almost like we want to trick people into following Jesus. You want to act like Jesus is your new best friend. He's the genie of the lamp to grant all your wishes. He's got a man for you. He's got a wife for you. He's got a house for you. Your life is going to change. How many of y'all signed up with Jesus and found out that it wasn't the case? How many of y'all found out it was valleys and mountains to crawl through? Caves you was down inside of. Spelunking. Come on, somebody. Hidden for months. Nobody thought they'd see you again. You went through storms that people thought they would never. Don't come trying to make it up. Jesus said, all they that follow me, all they that enter the kingdom of God shall suffer persecution. You're not doing something right when the world pats you on the back and say, this is the kind of church that we like. If the devil is telling you that, then there's something wrong. When unredeemed people are excited about your church, they come and yet they don't repent. They come and there's no brokenness. That's what's wrong with the church. The altar has turned into repeat after me salvation. Now say this and you say it and you say, no, you ain't saved. You're not saved. I remember when salvation used to cost something. I remember when you had to go to the altar over and over again. I remember when you made up your mind to be saved. You would come down to the altar and you come back next week and you keep coming back until you got a mind to do right. Because it ain't easy to give up the pleasures of sin. It ain't easy to give up all the stuff in the world and follow Jesus instead of you saying and repeat after me and going back to your seat and getting your bag and going home. How about you fall down upon your knees and repent of your sin and say, Lord, I don't know everything that's wrong with me, but I know I need you in my life. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. I want to walk upright. I want to be pleasing to you. Help me give up Susie. Help me let go of Johnny. Help me stop being a backslider. Help me with these thoughts that plague my mind. Help me. I'm on the altar trying to get altered. I want you to alter me. Change me on the altar. Hallelujah. Only sissies give up. Turn this microphone up. Only sissies give up. But real gold Christians, gold star believers will keep on coming back no matter what has happened to them. They won't leave because people talk about them. They won't leave because they can't be an usher. They will stay on the altar because, baby, I'm not coming here for you. I'm coming for Jesus. I'm coming to hear the word of the Lord. Tell me I got to live right. Tell me to stop shacking. Tell me to stop lying. Tell me to put that dope out my head. Tell me the truth and bring back the gold in the house of the Lord. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah somebody. Get rid of that grass. It looks like gold, but it's not gold. This is what's happened to the American church. Allowed the enemy to come in and take away everything that made us powerful and brought in a spirit of compromise. I'm not, you can come to church as you are. I ain't no stickler. But even our honor for worship has changed. The Bible says, come as you are. Yeah, if you ain't got no other choice. <laughs> but are we really coming to see a king? Are we truly priests that come to offer up the sacrifice of praise? Are we called out of darkness into his marvelous light? 
Why do we believe in lowering the bar for Jesus? But the world requires you to raise everything for them. Y'all ain't going to help me in here. Dark churches. We don't want to scare nobody away. Take all the crosses down. I know churches that do this. Take them down. We don't want to make anybody feel cool. Put some coffee in the back. You don't have to wear pajamas at church. We just want you to come. A lot of them, I remember, and I'm closing. Play something softly, Pastor, your elder. I remember in the 70s when I was a little boy, and the 80s came. We thought the end of the world was coming. We thought we'd never reach 1980. <laughs> then Prince put a song out, 1990. We thought that was the year the Lord was the world. We thought Prince was a prophet long before we started talking about Jesus. I remember all the young folks walking around saying, you see, you turned Prince's album upside down and say, six, six, six. We had all the conspiracy theories. But I remember when worship music, Hosanna, Maranatha. That's what I listened to. It wasn't songs with 25,000 choruses. It wasn't no syrupy love songs singing a bunch of stuff that really ain't true about you. Because if you love the Lord that much, you'd be telling everybody you know about him and you don't. If you love them that much, you'd forgive your enemies and you'd let go of people. And you release them. You don't, I just love you more than Maybe you don't. But the songs used to say, no, it's not about you, it's about him. Let's sing about him. Let's talk to him about who he is. Let's glorify him. Some music can't conduct power. It has no conductivity. <laughs> Most of these songs could be taken out and turned secular. Because it's like a love song. It ain't really even a worship song. We're surprised when some of our big worship leaders come out of the closet and say they're gay and they don't believe in God no more. I remember that happened. A couple of them happened. They're atheists now. And they're writing all this music and church folks just singing it and excited about it. And I used to listen to some of that stuff and I said, there ain't no faith in that song. There ain't no holiness in that song. I want a song that calls me up. The higher calling. I want to live hope. I want, I want something that's going to affect me. Are you listening? A lot of songs is full of carnality and emotional stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with listening to a feel-good song. If you just want to have some music to jam to, ain't nothing wrong with that. But when you want to enter into his presence, when you want to lay aside every weight, when you want to go before God and bow before a holy God and say, I need you. I worship you. I glorify your name. You're greater than I. You're greater than everyone. I need you to lead me and guide me. I don't know my way. I'm like a three-year-old. I need my father to lead me. I don't know. These decisions are too difficult for me. I don't have the wisdom. I don't know how to pick one. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to choose. I don't know my own way. Will you lead me and guide me into all truth? Holy Spirit, sweet Shekinah, you visited Israel. Will you visit with me? I honor you today. I worship you. Lord, here's my money I'm going to give to the kingdom of God. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not, see, you wait to church to decide what you're going to give. That's because you haven't spent any time worshiping God in giving. Everything is a knee-jerk reaction. How about at the top of the month? I'm giving this to God's work. I'm giving this to missions. I'm giving it. I'm setting aside. Because if you don't, it won't happen. People struggle with faith. That's why all these homosexuals and lesbians can sing choirs and lead music. Because the music ain't got no power in it. That's why you can be a bunch of whore. You can, you can be a whoremonger and singing a bunch of gospel. You're traveling around. Ain't nothing but entertainment. 
because it's not true worship. True worship is a higher call. True worship will transform you. You can't spend an hour on your face worshiping God and get up and go fornicate. Can't do it. If you can, then you're the devil. Only the devil can worship God and go right out of his presence and then rebel. Only the devil can do that. Are you listening? If you really worship God, it will begin to replace all the brass with gold. If you begin to really worship God, you will in your heart begin to replace all your issues with true worship. True worship transforms you. You'll just look up and don't even have a desire no more because you worship him. When you begin to praise up, Jesus, Paul said, and we with open face, behold, the glory of the Lord is in a mirror and we are changed into that image. See, you ain't got to do the changing to be different. You just got to worship. Because when you worship with pure gold, pure worship, free of motive, free of mixture, Lord, I'm just being honest before you. I want to serve you. Help me to pray. Help me. How shall I draw you near to me? How shall I entreat you? How shall I please you? I know, Lord, I laugh and talk and I, I joke and I tease with people and I do stuff. But, Lord, on a serious note, I want to be more like you. I want to hear your voice. I want to graduate from struggling with hearing to knowing that I'm hearing. I want to graduate from struggling, vacillating to knowing that it's your voice speaking to me. When you truly begin to worship God, it will break every stronghold of sin in your life. You can't continue to sin and be a worshiper. You can't either do one or the other. The more you begin to worship him in spirit and truth, I don't care if it's in your car, in your shower, wherever you go, if you just begin to worship him. Lord, I love you. I glorify your name. I magnify you. Lord, I worship you. Communion ministers are going to come and minister communion. Come, come to the front right now. All those that are going to serve you. We're going to do communion today. Amen. Thank you. Now, if you didn't get a communion element. Just come up and get it now. Amen. We're going to take communion in a few seconds. These preachers, these singers aren't the only ones that have sold out. These preachers are selling out to identity politics, supporting ungodly policies. All to be accepted by the world to gain members. Living undercover lifestyles of homosexuality and whoring. That's why the church can't preach the truth because the ones that are preaching can't stand against it because they're guilty of a lot of it. This is the brass that brings mixture. Soften it up for me. This is the brass that disrupts the flow of power. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to return to gold. It's time to get rid of the brass. And that starts with us, you and me. That's what it starts with. I hope you enjoyed this message. On the night the Lord was betrayed. Communion is one of the most solemn sacraments of the church. We only have two and that's baptism and that's communion. Baptism when you get born again. But communion is constantly. Communion is like the tree of life. That Adam and Eve had to continuously eat from. You just can't eat one time and it's good enough. You've got to continuously consume Christ and consume him. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you glory. That's right. Keep moving, getting the instruments. I'm praying. You can, as long as you can hear me, you're all right. We thank you for your great salvation. You have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. I'm so glad that you don't judge us by our faults and our failures, even by our sins. You call us new creations in you. 
And Lord, you have provided a way to be restored. You are our high priest. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, by in the name of Jesus, the great high priest, we repent of all sin, all ungodliness, all mistakes, faults and failures, whatever they may be. Lord, we lay them on the altar of our heart right now to be tried by fire. We say the same thing. You say they're wrong. We say they're wrong. We're in agreement with you and we turn from them. We forgive those who don't deserve to be forgiven. We release those who don't deserve to be released. We pardon those who deserve to be judged. But Lord, we give that right over to you. You're the righteous judge. You said vengeance is yours. So Lord, we pull ourselves completely out of the equation. We judge not. We bless and curse not. We love and bless. And so we forgive our enemies as you have forgiven us. We release fathers and mothers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins. We release the failures that our parents and fathers have been. Our mother. We release them. from. Lord, we found you and you're now our shepherd. You're going to help us. Lord, wash us in your blood. We apologize for anything that has not pleased you. We want to please you more. And so today, Lord, as we bless this communion element, this is both your body and this is your blood. Your body that was broken for us on that night that you were betrayed, you looked at your disciples with loving eyes and you spoke to them. You blessed them and said, this is my body broken for you. You took up a goblet of wine and said, this is my blood. The New Testament is poured out for you. And because of your blood, we have been regenerated in our hearts. We have become new creatures. So, Lord, we thank you and we honor you. We thank you for the body that was broken. We remember, Lord, you were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. And, Lord, for by your stripes, the blood came down. Healing for me and healing for everyone in the room. So, right now, we rebuke sickness and disease. We curse every form of sickness and infirmity. We rebuke every devil of disease and sickness. We take authority over you. In the name of Jesus, we break your power. Loose God's people now. In Jesus' name. Hold your bread up in the air right now, wherever you see. And let's break it at one, two, three. We're going to break it all at one time. One, two, three. And take it. This is his body. Broken for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for your body. It's through your flesh that we all become one. We are one body. We're not separate. We are family. Named after your name. We are bone of your bone. And flesh of your flesh. You love us. As a man with his wife. We are your covering. We will obey you and do your will. And that same night he lifted up that wine. This is the New Testament. The new covenant that God has made with us. Not only to make us servants. But to make us family. This blood regenerates. And we are one through the blood. Now lift it up on the count of three. Let's take it. One, two, three. Take it. Lord, we thank you for the bread and the mashun and the makari. I see. I feel the anointing on that communion. I thank you that you're keeping us safe from COVID and every virus and infection. Lord, I pray that we'll never, some of us will never have to have it. You just cause us to have the antibodies supernaturally. Your people, Lord, you said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Let it pass over the children, over our families. Lord, let them stop disrupting our world. Let them be able to children to go back to school. Parents have to go to work. Some of those children can't eat and can't have. Some of them are in abusive situations. And school is the only escape for them. Father, people are being selfish and fearful. Let us find a way. Give them wisdom how to find a way. Lord, you said all things are possible. 
Lord, give them wisdom to open these schools. Give them wisdom to bless our children. Father, we're praying for this plague to be lifted and broken off. Help us to find repentance of whatever the things that we've done to open the door. I know we've killed millions of millions of babies in this country. There has to be some retribution for the unconscious lying and stealing and greed in this country. But Lord, there are righteous in the land. You have sought, Lord, and the church, we're going to be the church. We're going to cry loud and spare not and tell the truth to this generation. Lord, I want it to be said of me as it was said of David that he declared to his generation the truth and went to sleep with his fathers. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing that for me. We have a trash ban on on the way out. We're going to lift an offering before you go. And if If you have a cup or you communicate, don't leave it there. Hold on to it and we'll be by. To the Lord. Or you can pass it out of the trash can receptacle in the back of the church. Amen. Oh, the blood that That gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. I'm praying for healing for families. Healing and restoration for marriages. We're praying for healing in this one body. Husbands and wives to have peace. You are one by the blood of Jesus. One in Christ. We are one with him. If you believe you're one, shout one. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Right now is offering time. We're going to let you go. We're running over time. It's already 2 o'clock. Just a little after 2 o'clock. In the next 3 or 4 minutes we'll have you out. Don't forget prayer this week, every night at 7 o'clock. Now, if you look on the screen, I should have some information. You can use text to give. If you want to give an offering today, you can open up your smartphone. You can use your texter and text to that number. And text in, the, in your message window, put the amount that you wish to give to the church and ministry. Hit send, and a form will come back to you for you to fill it out, especially if it's your first time. It's a one-time thing. It will never charge you again. Amen. I joke with the saints. I said, you won't be trying to get your Big Mac or Happy Meal in the church and pull that last 20 out. It's not going to happen. It's a one-time gift. Only one time. You have to go in and do the same process every time to give. Amen. It's good to give to the Lord. The tithe is a tenth. It's a holy. It's like the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's the part that you don't eat. Don't consume your tithe. Don't consume everything. God says learn discipline and support the work of God. Whatever you make happen for God's church, God makes happen for you. You reap what you sow. You sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you would be blessed, then give abundantly and give good to the Lord. Amen. Don't be selfish and don't be stingy. God is breaking us from being caught up with selfishness. Amen. He wants us to become givers. Learning to be a giving. Learning to give. Learning to make a giving instead of making a living. Amen. The offering is above and beyond the tithe. That's what you give just out of blessing to the Lord. Amen. Otherwise, if you want to write out a check, write that check out to NWG. That's New Wine Glory. NWG or The River. You can sign your check either way. Both of those names are um, registered with the government. Amen. You can receive a tax-deductible gift for all your giving. I know that's important to some people. Some people it's not, but it's there if you need it. 
Amen. If you'd like to receive credit for your giving, fill out that envelope in front of you. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Somebody will bring you an envelope. Put your name and your address, a good address or a good email. And at the end of the year, we will send you a receipt for your giving. We require by law to do that. This is a nonprofit registered ecclesiastical charter. Amen. With the state of Michigan and with the federal government. Amen. Amen. It's good to give to the Lord. Father, I thank you for every person giving. Lord, we are priests and kings. We are your royal priesthood, your holy nation. Lord, as you have prospered us and given to us, Lord, now, Lord, we keep back part of it and give it to you as a tribute, as a sign to you that you're our source, that everything that sows must grow, that the cycle of life must be continued. Everything that goes up must come down, that we continue to cycle as you've given to us. We give back that the circle can be unbroken. We thank you for it now. You said you supply all of our rich, all of our needs according to your riches and glory. We thank you for no lack and no need. We thank you that you're supplying for families and children and homes. That, Father, we'll be blessed. When others are suffering, we'll be a peculiar people that the blessing of the Lord will abide upon us. Now open up supernatural doors of blessing, bonuses, raises, sales, and rebates, new clientele, new business partners. Father, we thank you for investment ideas, witty ideas, and money-making inventions. We thank you for it and for fun common favor upon God's people in all these areas. We thank you for it. Oh Lord, you have commanded the blessing to the giver. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Angels, go and open up supernatural doors on the behalf of God's people for gainful employment and good, good property investments and all those things that will cause us to prosper and be the head and not the tail. Go in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can either, if you have a gift that you want to give, you want to give an offering in your uh, envelope, you can get up right now and face the wall that's nearest you. Amen. Amen. Follow the direction of the ushers and come bring your offering down. Amen. Otherwise, you've given electronically, then you're already done. Amen. And don't forget next Sunday. Next Sunday, little Praley. Where's Praley? She's our dance worship leader. She was worshiping over there. This is Jamarlin's daughter. She's she's here visiting from Mississippi with us, and her birthday is next week. And so, so uh, Elder uh, Minister Jamarlin wanted to have a little cake and a little little get together at the church. All you are welcome. Amen. Wave your hand, Praley. I don't even know who you are. You're so little itty bitty. They can't see you down there. Amen. Amen. So he wanted to do that and invite as many as want to stay after five minutes. Amen. Um, also, stand up, Elder Hubbard. Would you please? Let's take a few seconds I got, before we let you go. Come here. This is uh, it's one of my best friends right here. It's one of my best friends. God gave him to me. God gave me, he knew I needed a friend like this man, him and his wife. Stand up, Deidre. He's some of the finest people I've ever met in my life. I'm honored to have them in my life. How many know this is a true prophet? How many have seen his ministry in action? The word of the Lord is in his mouth. Amen. I, it took me a long time to get him to get on social media and I, I'm gonna tell you I, put, I had to go over there and just literally start a fire in that house and burn him out and make him get on there but he's finally on the airways and people are being blessed if you hear the testimonies people being blessed all over the country and parts of the world you know he's leaving us and the Lord told me he was leaving when he came he said pastor when he first moved he said I'm gonna stay as long as I can and he said I'm gonna stay as long as I he said I, and then when it came time I said the Lord spoke to you about it didn't you? I know you're gonna be leaving he said Lord, the Lord spoke to me this week and told me. Isn't that right? But the Lord told me. A lot of people just leave church and God ain't told me nothing about them leaving. And they ain't got nowhere to go. Just doing, just leaving. That's fine. This is the at will church. You come at will. We'll leave at will, you know. 
I don't give letters and I don't take them. But when God, when he started to leave, God told me he was leaving. And I said, no, no, Lord, say it, no, Jesus. And he's like, no, he got to do what I call him to do. And he told me they're leaving for Mississippi at the end of this month. They've been with us for three years. I mean, I've never, I haven't, almost four and a half. I feel like we're still just getting to know each other. I feel like we're just at the beginning of our friendship sometime. We've lived and laughed and had fun. He shared the word of the Lord to me. His family's been a blessing to me. And I just appreciate he's a godly, holy living man. Amen. He lives what he believes with his children. I remember them boys first got here. They was like, look, two little soldiers. They didn't move. Other folks' kids be tearing the whole, pulling stuff off the wall and ripping the wires out the wall. His kids just sitting there like little soldiers. They didn't move until he told them. He said, y'all release. And then they started running. I was like, boy, we need some kids. We need to have a child training class. I said, what do you do to get these kids? He said, we, we spank them is what we do. I said, oh, the old-fashioned way. Let's see. The old way is the best way. He's leaving. His last Sunday will be the 30th of this month. They're leaving. They're pulling out the next day. We're going to have a going-away party for him. We're going to have food, dinner. We're we going to pay for this dinner. We're going to have some good food back in our fellowship hall. We're going to practice social distancing. We're going to have tables out here. We're going to set up tables everywhere so people can keep distance and eating. Now, people look over here and say, you got people sitting together. Well, that's a lot of times that's family folks that have come together sitting together. You need a mask on for your own family. You doomed. Really doomed, you know, so... We'll still observe all those sanitation and all the social distancing. We're going to have a party. And I want you to say to this before I let you go. We're opening the door. If anyone would like to sow a seed, I want you to think about it. I'm telling you now because I want you to think about it. At the beginning of the month, what's the day? The first? You, you, the second? You got 30, you got 28, 29 days to get a gift. We're going to bless him. We're going to give him something to go away. He's starting a church in Mississippi. What you going to call the church? The Oasis Revival Fire Center. The Oasis Revival Fire Boy, I felt that. Oasis Revival Fire Center. Boy, Jackson, Mississippi going to have revival. God's man, the Holy Ghost anointed man of deliverance is going there. We want to send him off be blessing. They, they, they even said they want me to come and preach there. I was, I'm like, really? You want me to come preach? I'm barely any good in here. I don't know what I'm going to do anywhere else. My God. The pressure. The pressure. The pressure. The pressure. I got you psyched out. That's why you think that. <laughs> but we thank God. We, the pastor and I talked to him. It'll be a sister church to the river. The river here in the oasis thing. You, you mean you still want me to be your, your man of God? You still want you to be your pastor? Yes, Lord, if you don't, something will happen to you. Oh, no. It's, a, it's stuff happening all right. I don't want to announce it happening to me. We thank God for him. I want to thank God for my good friend, Tim Griffin. Where's the attorney back there? Raise your hand, Tim. He said he was coming. He's up here from Virginia. He's up here doing a lot of work in the political arena. God is using him mightily. Let's stretch your hands toward Tim. Let's pray for him right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you bless him, protect him, and keep him while he's here. Bless him, Father, with all everything that pertains to him, his social life, his family life. Lord, we thank you that all will be well. Bless him and keep him as he goes and travel and serving you to do your will. We thank you for Tim right now. Bless him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So pray about what you're going to give. You can bring it that Sunday. You can bring a nice card. If you want to give something to him and you want him to know that we gave this to you, bring a card and put a gift in it. Otherwise, we're going to lift an offering. If you just want to just be a blessing and you don't necessarily have to give a card, we're going to have an offering. We're going to send him off and put something in his hand. Amen. To bless him. Amen. I'm sure going to miss him when he's gone. That's how the Lord do you sometimes. 
Amen. So I just want to tell you that. So keep it in mind. Keep it in prayer. We're done with giving. Don't forget prayer this week. Every night at 7 o'clock, Minister Ben is going to be conducting the prayer meetings. You can come here for one hour. Jesus said, could you not tarry for one hour, just one hour from 7 to 8? Prayer. If you come late, you just come late. But come and pray. If you're going to get in for 30 minutes, come 30 minutes of prayer is better than no prayer at all. Amen? Amen. All minds are clear. I think we are done with everything, right? No more. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you. Be gracious unto you. Go with you and give you peace. When I say peace to the family, you say peace to the shepherd. Peace to the family. Shalom, shalom. Amen. Pray for Elder Carl and Sister Tori. They're on the road. They're in Myrtle Beach. They had to go on a vacation. They had to use, they had to use that time up. So pray for them. And I think there's some other folks that are leaving town. Amen. Deacon um, uh, Avery. Deacon Avery is out of town. He and his wife, too. So we're praying for the